Welcome back to the Everything Went Black podcast. Uh, we're going to be covering the next uh, UFC fight night. But before we get into that, I just want to thank everyone who's been checking these out. Um, you know, they're a lot of fun. There's a long run of uh, UFC fights coming up. I'm going to try to cover all of them. And uh, last week, we were both real busy, so uh, we weren't able to, to get an episode out for this past weekend's fights. Um, also, uh, if you go to the, to the website, everythingwithblackmedia.com, please check out the affiliate sponsors. Uh, it's on it. Datsusara, Nature Box, and of course, Savage Gold Coffee. So, um, you know, check it out. And also, uh, you can like it on like us on Facebook. There's a Savage Gold. Uh, there's a Savage Gold Facebook as well, but also there's a Everything Went Black Facebook, and you can like both of those. So, um, so yeah, Andrew, how you been doing, man? Good, man. Doing really good. So, um, busy. did you get a chance to check out that Origin I sent you? I sent you that new Origin record. I didn't get a chance yet. Yeah. I didn't. I did hear the new Haiti Colonel track today. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm going to go check them out. Uh, there's like that uh, Entombed AD uh, Deicide show that uh, that Hate Eternal's on. It's, when is that? Is that in August or something? No, it's like, I think it's in J- late June. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm actually going to pick a ticket up for it in advance. It's like a Metal Alliance tour or something like that. Like some like, yep. you know, some big package fest thing. So yeah, it should be cool, man. I definitely want to check that Hell out. Hell yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that origin stuff—it's like different than their other records. It's um, it's still technical, but it's like a little bit more uh, like kind of riffs, like discernible riffs in there and stuff. And it's a little slower, and there are times where it's slower, but they're still like ripping like guitar parts and drums in there though. That's what I really liked about that last album. I'm trying to blank on it. Um, it was awesome. It was so catchy. It was like all of a sudden, Origin decided. Mm-hmm. To like write catchy riffs and then intersperse the insanity in it, and it was awesome. What a great album! Yeah, it's like deeper in that direction. So, um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. I uh, picked up a copy of it at uh, MDF. Um, you know, when we awesome. played that, MDF was fun this year. You know, winter neurosis was a good time. You know, pretty good time. The new, I do not like. I do not like the new venue though. The new uh, setup with shows there, where there's like four venues and there's like a parking Was lot. Is that at Sonar still? No, no. It's at. Um, oh, shit. Basically, it's in a big parking lot. There's like the main stage and then like a small an A and a B stage at the so-called Edison lot. And then there's an actual venue. There's two other venues that are not nearby. They're like a. I don't even know where they are. You can't see them from like the location that we were at. It's, uh, I believe one's called The Ram's Head, and the other one's called Soundwave. And, uh, we they have played Ram's Head, haven't we? I don't know, man. Maybe. Did we? I think the, so. The Ram's Head? I don't know. We yeah. played uh, Talking Head or some Plastic Head or whatever the fuck it's called, something like Talking that. Talking Head. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah. But the uh, there's uh, there was a whole other set of shows going on at both of those venues. Like, Portal played at the same day we played, but at one of these venues, which I didn't know where they were. You know, I, I had no idea. Like, if you don't know Baltimore, you're, you're kind of fucked, you know. But anyway, Crazy. still in all, it was a lot of stuff to do at the old Edison lot. You know, it was like Neurosis, Winter, um, Primordial played, who I, who I like. I've never seen them before. Very, uh, very um, Iron Maiden vibe to, with them. Did Anonymous Rock play that day? I believe 
Anal, no, Anal and the Throck played a day, a different day than we played. Yeah, I, but I wanted, I wanted to see them, but we only, we only went down for the day we played. So, what are your thoughts on this past uh, weekend's fights, man? You know, we didn't cover it last week, so uh, did you get a chance to check it out? You know, I don't remember any of the fights except for the Condit fight. <laughs> what about uh, Lance? Lance Charles Oliveira. Oh, right, right. Lance, Lance Oliveira, right. That was great. Yeah, pretty much uh, solidified, you know, the, the, the sort of set of fights with those two guys, you know. I mean, Lance just just couldn't make it happen against Oliveira, you know. Condit looked great, though, man. Holy smokes, man. That tough was... guy. He fought a tough yeah. guy. Definitely. I mean, I was worried about, I was like, man, what kind of punishment is this? The guy's coming off a one-year layoff of a knee surgery because he blew out his knee um, in that Woodley fight, and they're going to have him go against the heaviest kicker in the division. I was like, man, that's brutal. Yeah. He shut him down, though, man. Totally. You know, yeah. and and, uh, and finished it, you know, and, and, you know, he's a tough fucking guy, man. I was worried, too, because I'm a huge Carlos Condit fan. Hell and, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what his next fight's going to be like. You know, because he doesn't seem... Probably like, Matt Brown. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's lost any steps, either, so... Matt Brown. That's interesting, because Condit is, st- is, is number four still. Like, he, they still put him back at his number four status in the, in the weight division. Yep. Hmm. And Brown is like what, like eight or nine or something like that. Yeah, he's definitely deeper in there. He's still but, a top um, ten, yeah. It's tough. I mean, the it's sort of congested the top end of the division right now. You know, I think that the most important thing, if I were him, is I would vie for five round fights because that's where that guy excels. He's always been really, really good in five round fights. He usually gives away a round and a half. You know, if not two rounds, and then, you know, like in the McDonald fight, he finished in the third in the very last minute, you know, 30 seconds or something, flurried. But he does a lot better in five-round fights. I mean, the Hendricks fight was super close. He was uh, pouring it on in the third round, but there was no fourth round for him to really capitalize on that, so he lost the decision. Yeah. That was pretty much the only two fights I was, uh, you know, kind of involved with, like with the Lentz and the Condit fight. And, uh, you know, Charles Oliveira looked great, man. You know, he I see that guy moving up in the division, you know, maybe doing like some, you know, like pay-per-view, like lower main card fights in the future, you know. He's definitely, you know. They, they should. They should. Yeah. He's a really exciting fighter. He's really fun to watch. He's got really crisp uh, striking, and his jiu-jitsu is awesome, too. His jiu-jitsu is awesome. Yeah, he's, like, real sneaky. He's got, like, those, like, real sneaky. They were doing, like, 50-50 and shit like that. There was, like, all kinds of, like, like leg-locking, like, attempts, and, you know. It was fucking really, really um, interesting, the groundwork on the, in that fight, I thought. You know, it wasn't just, like, Yeah, it was standard. awesome seeing that, like, really creative jiu-jitsu pedigree going against, uh, you know, like, a really adept uh, wrestler yeah so you want to get scrambles. in that was a good fight what's that fun scrambles oh yeah yeah that's that was even their first fight had a lot of cool scrambles in it 
you know, like there was a lot of like, you know, capitalization during like the chaos that ensues when positions change. You know, and in their first fight, Lance had a couple of good positions in there too, man. And then there was that illegal knee, I think, or it was an elbow or something that that guy. Yeah, illegal knee. Yeah, like he had his, he was coming up and he got you know knee in the face. Yeah, and that and he was just rocked ever you know after that. But honestly, I got to say, I think Oliveira probably even if it went to decision, you know, I think Oliveira was still dominant in the first fight that they had. I agree. Yeah. So uh, this coming weekend we have. Pretty stacked card, man. Pretty interesting fights on this. It's a good card, man. I'm, I did a little research and looked at things, and what I really enjoyed was, contra- contrary to like what the Manila fight card, where I, I didn't know anybody. Uh, this one, I knew people, you know, pretty soon into it. I, I vaguely knew the second fight, but once it was third fight, I knew everybody, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. So you want yeah, to, you start at the bottom of this? Yeah, yeah, let's start at the bottom. I, the, the ones you get, these, like, very, very bottom fights. Well, Joe Proctor, he's the first first uh, fight on the undercard, right? On the, on the, on the right, prelims. but the fight pass card, I mean, I don't know these guys at all. Yeah, I don't know anyone on fight pass. The interesting things about them are just, like, um, well, the Jose Quinonez versus Leonardo Morales is Mexico versus Nicaragua, and that's cool. I'm like, wow, you know, some guy out of Nicaragua. Um, I have to imagine, I didn't watch, did this season even happen? Was there a Mexican season of Ultimate Fighter? I don't know. I've been watching the American Top Team versus Black Zillions one. Um, I want to say there was a Mexican one, and it included people also from Central America. Um, and I maybe these guys are from that, but I, I never watched that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're... One thing I thought was interesting, because I looked up all these guys on Sherdog to try to get some backstory and remember things, was that uh, the uh, Quinonez is listed at 4-2 four t- four and two on UFC.com, but 3-2 and two on Sherdog. Huh. And he's in a two-fight losing streak, actually. And Morales is listed 5-1 and one on UFC and 4-1 and one on Sherdog. So sometimes the UFC does little weird things like that. Which one do you think is right? Probably sure, dog. I mean, the UFC tends to embellish a little bit sometimes in uh, people's records, height, reach, you know, <laughs> these things. Height. There, there's been some weird inconsistencies here, you know. They're like, oh, Anderson Silva's 6'10". Yeah. <laughs> so I know nothing about these guys except that it's definitely first fight material, you know. The, yeah. the guy in a two fight loss versus guy on a one fight loss. They both have very similar records. Um, yeah, I imagine it might be a fun fight. I don't know what level these guys are at because I just don't know anything about them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, a lot of times those fight pass prelims, I watch them after the fact. You know what I mean? Because they start so early in the day. And uh, I'm usually tied up until, like, you know, when that stuff happens. You know what I mean? But, it could uh, be a very exciting fight. I just don't know who these guys are. Yeah, I just don't have anything to base any kind of uh, decision about who I would pick as a winner. And I haven't totally. seen any of these guys, like, compete before. So, But on the uh, 
you know, on the prelims, on the Fox prelims, there's a couple of really good, notable, you know, people on that on that part of the card. Yeah, um, definitely. I think it's uh, one thing that's interesting too is there's an even amount of weight classes in here. Like the second fight is a middleweight fight between Ricardo Abreu and Jake Collier, um, and uh, there's a lot of other like every weight class. Several like heavyweight is represented. Oh, and uh, flyweight, which is interesting. The um, again on the, the this is totally different for UFC to do is uh, Ricardo Abreu Abreu. Oh, it'd be Hicardo. Um, he's listed as five and zero on Sherdog, but he's listed listed as five and one on the UFC. It's it's weird for them to put a loss on somebody. Um, and Jake Collier. Um, eight and two. I mean, these guys. I didn't see anything in their their records that made me favor either of them. Uh, I'll say I didn't have any. I, I don't have any picks until what you were just about to come into the Joe Proctor fight. Yeah, I don't. I don't really exactly. I, that's that's the only intel I have is like coming into the that part of the prelims. You know, and uh. The practice coming off a loss to Poirier's opponent, uh, Yancy yep. Medeiros, and uh, you know, and his, his you know Joe Proctor's uh, opponent, Justin Edwards, is coming off I think two losses at this point. So both of these guys are coming off losses. Uh, it could be uh, you know a dogfight, you know, because like once, you, especially for Edwards, because now he's got two. You get into that third loss, you know, you're, you're looking, you know, especially at his ranking, you know. So he's probably going to, you know, bring bring game to this fight, you know what I mean? He's a very aggressive fighter, Justin Edwards. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're from the same season of The Ultimate Fighter. Edwards' losses are definitely stronger than Proctor's uh, last loss with uh, Edwards losing to Nigem and losing to Brandon Thatch. Brandon Thatch, yeah. Now, there's no shame in that. No, he's a monster. And, uh, he beat Near. I remember I was very disappointed about that. So uh, I, th- I think this is his, fir- his second fight at lightweight and Proctor losing to Yancey. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be... This is going to be an exciting fight. I see, you know, Proctor's a... a does he train... Under um, the guy who used to train Kenny Florian, he, he trains John Howard. Oh, uh, Ricardo Almeida. Uh, his jiu-jitsu no, he's coach. He's Boston. He's that guy. Oh, um, uh, fucking yeah, the the, the guy. Um, why, why don't I? I should know this dude's name, man. I know, me too, man. It's been a while since he's had like a. A fighter, you know what I mean? It's been since Florian. After that, he had Marcus Davis, John Howard, but I think Howard left. God. Mark Delagrat. Mark Delagrat. Delagrat, yeah. Crew Mark Delagrat. I thought that Proctor might have trained under him, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't, I mean, I, I guess I'll go with Proctor because I think that his boxing's better and that Edwards is over aggressive and I don't see Edwards finishing Proctor um, but it's probably going to be a pretty bloody bloody battle yeah I, I was going to pick Proctor by decision yeah I don't see there, that, there being a finish reasonable. I don't see there being a finish in this one 
So um, moving up the ranks here. I don't know that much about these guys, Chris Wade and Christos Giagos. They're in the lightweight division. Yep, and, uh, they're both weight. they're both pretty much new guys to the UFC. Yeah, um, Christos Giagos, man, I'm like I don't even want to pronounce it right. I don't even know if I am. I'm pronouncing it uh, Goldberg. Just or I think it was Goldberg. It might have been Anik. We're just like. Yagos, Yagos, Yagos. It was like, stop hammering me. I understand you know how to say the name. Um, he has a good win over Dakota Cochran, and his last loss was uh, against Gilbert Burns, who is the protege submission machine uh, under Vitor. And that's there's no shame in that loss. He, he's young. Chris Wade's on a four-fight win streak. Um, I didn't see anybody notable in that streak so I would have to say that you know either Wade's gonna impress and show us who he is or uh, Christos is you know gonna perform to the level that I think that he's at um, I'd pick I'm gonna pick Christos though it's not like a strong sound pick because I just don't know a bunch about Wade I have no idea who would win this fight so I'm just gonna take a guess man and uh you know, I'm going to say Christos because he has more wins <laughs> in his record. So I don't know. I, I honestly, you know, I would, I'd be a, uh, a poser if I was uh, going to try to like, you know, reason this out. So I'm just, I'm straight up guessing on that one. But uh, however, the next fight, Brian Ebersol versus Amari Akhmadov is, is an interesting fight. Definitely. Ebersol has like the weirdest career and record out of anyone and the weirdest ability to not get choked in a guillotine that I've ever seen the dude's like 51 and 15 51 yeah. wins 51 wins man yeah crazy so he's got I think overall he's got 66 professional UFC fights when I first saw his record when I saw his record I thought that they were putting... Because I know that he's like a Muay Thai specialist, and I thought they were adding some of those fights in because, you know, those guys fight like almost every week, you know, in Thailand. Yeah. But that that's the kind of record he has. He has a record of like, you know, like Ramon Deckers or something like that, like, you know, 200 professional fights. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, you know he's, with, with that kind of record, and also the fact that Ebersol... I don't think he's ever really broke the top 10 in the welterweight division. Isn't he still... I think he's like... like I don't even know if he's top 15 in, in the division, is he? I think he did once. Um, the very bittersweet win that he got over uh, Chris Lytle. That sucked. That was really rough. Lytle was uh, at the tail end of his career. He was on a win streak. I was like, holy crap. Lytle might actually get his... Uh, Shot against GSP. I mean, it would have been an awesome way to go out. I love Chris Lytle. And then Ebersol ground and pounded and took him down. Just beat him. And it was like, oh, shit. And I, I want to say that this is a long time ago. Uh, that Lytle was ranked at that point, And I, that Ebersol might have broken into a weak top ten at that point. My yeah. God. You know, I mean... The thing is, I think he's not a very interesting, like, it's not, 
he's not a fun fight guy. Like you, you watch him, he clinches a lot. It's like a lot of like sort of technical. You know, it's not like these big shots. He doesn't really knock people out too much, and he doesn't. I don't think he's been knocked out really. I can't recall. In none of the fights that I've seen him in, he, has he been knocked out? He's so awkward, super yes. durable, awkward. I want to say he's only thirty-four, which is insane. Yeah, I think he's not that old, really. And um, but in fight years, I mean, he looks way older. Yeah, sixty something fights will take a toll on you, yeah. man, for sure. Holy shit! Man. I'm surprised he's still able to like touch his toes and bend his knees, man. You know. But uh, yeah, I, I I actually I like Eversol in this fight once again by decision. Like I don't see him knocking this dude out, but you never know. Yeah, I think um, it's gonna be a really tough fight for Eversol, but so it's gonna be a tough fight for Akmadov too, who has one loss in his last 10 fights and it was to Gunnar Nelson. So again, no shame in that yeah. loss. Um, however, Ebersol's, you know, he's going to keep on hunting the takedown and being aggressive and push, trying to push him against the cage and getting dirty and weird. And um, It's a big test for Akhmadov, that's for sure. I like Ebersol, man. I just, I just, you know, wish there was more attention on that guy. Yeah, I mean, he tries to have fun. He's got that crazy arrow shaved in his chest. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. He's one of the Tiger Muay Thai uh, people, too. He's involved in that camp somehow. Uh, in uh, Phuket, Thailand. Yeah, I'll pick Ebersol based on, uh, god damn, that experience. Yeah, you know? yeah, you can't fuck with that. Jeez. You can't mess with that, man. 67 fights against 16, I mean, yeah. It's gonna. I think he's seen Akmadov before, and Ebersol is so awkward. Yeah, fifteen years. He's been fighting for fifteen years, Ebersol, and a bunch of different random promotions too, man. Like, wow. yeah, like stuff I never even heard of, like weird MMA promotions, and it's insane. Dude, I bet crazy. Yeah. This next stat. Uh, the big boys. Yeah, we're up to these like bruisers, man. Uh, <laughs> Sean Jordan and Derek Lewis. Sean Jordan, if I, I if I'm correct, uh, used to be a professional football player or something like that. Yes, sir. Yeah. And they always he, talk about how he can jump really high. <laughs> he's a pretty athletic guy for like a big yes, dude. Fast for like a fridge. It's he, crazy. Yeah, he, if I, he was he did like a backflip, I think. And uh, yeah, he did a backflip. That's right. And he can run like he can sprint some stupid amount, like for. Again, he's huge, and it's like a respectable number. He, you know, he's got a you know seventeen and five record. You know, this guy De- Derek Lewis, he's like twelve and three. You know, Jordan had won his last two, and he's got losses against uh, Gonzaga and uh, Mitrione, who uh, yep. you know Mitrione's fighting later on this card too. Yeah, um, there's a lot of weird uh, things like that happening here, where you see this guy in this position, and then. Six fights up is the guy that beat him. Yeah. You know, Actually, Lewis cool. has a has also has a loss against Mitrione. So both of these guys have been defeated by uh, by Mitrione. Yeah, you know, I think that Sean Jordan, he's over aggressive, and I don't know if he has the chin to handle heavyweight shots, but I I really do think that he should be able to beat Derek Lewis, who. While he just crushed the living hell 
out of Ruan Potts. Uh, he should probably should have been able to finish him earlier. I mean, Ruan Potts is a total light heavyweight. Um, not athletic, you know. Uh, I, I don't think that Lewis has the gas tank to handle Jordan. If Jordan fights, smart. If Jordan runs into a punch, eh, well, that's all she wrote. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Jordan looks like he, he thinks he's still out on the, uh, you know, on the gridiron, the way he fights. You know, just like fucking rushing people, tackling dudes, you know. Yep, gong and dash. Yeah. Hey, just a quick aside. There's a movie that's on, uh, it's a documentary on Netflix called Dog Fights. Have you seen that? No, what's it about? It's, it's about um, backyard fighting in South Florida. Like, you know, this Kimbo Slice style. And it's about this guy, uh, Dada Five Thousand, who used to be. Oh yeah, that guy. He used to be Kimbo's um, bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of chronicles the um, the later years of that whole underground brawling uh, trip that he had going on in South Florida. So there's like a documentary out on Netflix about it. Like seeing these big heavyweight dudes makes me uh, think of that, you know. A lot, of, a lot of footage of dudes fighting, you know, just like with their running at each other with their hands down, you know, fucking taking shots to the face, like not moving their head, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, to check it out. George Masvidal, I think, used to fight there too. Really? Yeah. Jorge Masvidal was a was a backyard brawler, huh? Wow. Yep. He's I know he just changed his name to Jorge. I'm like, oh, now you have some. Cuban pride? Where'd that come from? I mean, he might have always had it. He might have just been pulled a... Uh, God, man. Hot shots. Come on, help me out here. <laughs> What's that? Uh, who, who the hell started hot shots? The fuck are you talking about, man? Talking about freaking Tiger Blood. The movie, Hot Shots. Oh, oh, you mean Charlie Sheen. Thank you. Oh, all right, I, dude. That, that's like the most. That's like the most random Charlie. She- I, yeah. Okay. We watched that on tour. I remember in the in the van when we were on tour with uh, your great buddies, movie. your Canadian friends there. But uh, oh shit. <laughs> but uh, I would have thought more like wasn't Charlie Sheen in like fucking Platoon and stuff like that? Like that's Navy what I. Yeah, yeah. You know. Whatever, man. Yeah, fucking, Platoon was definitely his best movie. Amazing movie. And he was also in Wall Street, right? Was that him? I don't remember. Michael Douglas? He was like Gecko, the main dude. He was like the, huh. the old school guy. But uh, but yeah, maybe, uh, you know, like similar to Emilio Estevez, who represented his uh, proud, you know, Spanish heritage, George Masvidal, like, came to a day of reckoning where he's like, you know what, I'm going to embrace my Cubano heritage and use my... The name that God gave me, <laughs> Jorge Masvidal. You know. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know that he was one of those guys who like fought bare knuckle in backyards and things like that. Yeah, totally, man. Dude, I mean, it's ruined so, some guys because his boxing is awesome. That's the thing that blows my mind. It's like these, you know, these fights are brutal, man. Dudes running at each other, hands down, just taking shots, man. Just taking shots to the fucking face eyes smashed noses smashed knockouts crazy shit man but yeah you should definitely check it out it's an interesting thing and at the end I mean 
Did uh, Dada 5000, did he have any... He had an MMA fight, but did he ever have, like, a career? Like, I'm not familiar with him after that. I don't think so. I don't even know what his fight was. He fought some, some other guy with dreads, some big dude, big guy, like 275 pound. Jesus. Yeah, and, and he, knocked, yeah. he knocked him out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he ever rallied any kind of career, though. But, you know, anyway, it was interesting. But, yeah, big guys. Yeah, you gotta check that out. I wrote it down. Big guys punching each other in the face, just like the Sean Jordan and Derek Lewis fight's gonna be. Totally. So, you think Sean Jordan? I'm gonna take Sean Jordan. You know, just because, like, you know, he, he's won his last two. He, when I first saw him fight originally, I'm like, this guy, you know, I don't know. You know, but then he, he, he brought it, man. And then when he did that backflip, I was like, well, he's got some athleticism. Oh, hell yeah. You know, I think the backflip is what sold me on him. Like a big dude like <laughs> that, awesome. being able to do a backflip, I think I think that's the reason why. That's, that's swaying me to pick him for this one. Yeah, that's crazy, being able to do a backflip for sure. I know that's a stupid reason to pick him in the fight, but I honestly do think he's going to beat Derek, Derek Lewis. That's like the same reason why I wanted Ryan Jimmo to win all of his fights, because he did a awesome robot and then did the worm I was like I can't wait for this guy to win again I don't know why Ryan Jimmo I don't know why he's not more successful like he fought that last card last weekend and he got cursed dude he got a brutal kick in the balls man he should have just sat down and said hey can you make this a DQ because that I'm puking in a bucket yeah totally man how how does that work like how did I mean honestly how how do you get I mean couldn't isn't that worthy of being disqualified like rocking someone in the balls like that if a fighter who gets rocked in the balls like that decides to continue fighting then you know that's their choice there he should have just sat down and been like I can't continue and they would have made it a DQ Hmm. I mean there's no way you come back the same after that man like, no way, man. I can't even imagine what an inside leg kick would feel like near that area after that. Also, with through a cup, too, man. Like, that guy must have rocked him hard, man. You know? I mean, a cup doesn't really... You know, a cup, in all honesty, there's some protection there, but it's not foolproof. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Jimmo was hurting. I didn't, I didn't really thought it was going to end right there. Yeah, I should have. Uh, the next fight, not that I think Jimmo got robbed, I think he sort of shot himself in the foot there, but is somebody who did get robbed uh, against Bruce Leroy. Uh, Francisco Rivera was having some great success against Uriah Faber in his last fight. Yeah. And then just got, again, talking about people being able to do things illegal and get by with it just got railed in the eyes with an eye poke by Faber. Like, Faber was, I don't want to say getting lit up, but he was losing the stand-up battle. Yeah. And wasn't getting the takedown he wanted. Then he jammed a finger into Rivera's eye and choked him out because the ref was like, no, like, didn't see it or something. It was really shitty. Um, Caceres, man, he had a good streak. He upset uh, the younger Pettis brother. Yeah, was Sergio. Amazing. And uh, now he's on a, a two-fight loss streak. Yeah. 
Yeah, I tough fight to call. It, it is, but I, I think for me, my money would be on Francisco Rivera, though. Honestly, I mean, me too. Something happened to old Bruce Leroy along the way. Alex, better known as Alex Caceres, and I feel like he's, uh, you know, either physically or mentally isn't quite in the game like he used to be. And I, I don't know. I think Rivera's going to take it. I think that um, Caceres is, can be a little too wild in his creativity, and Francisco Rivera is not like that. He's just going to be really sharp and come at him with what he does well. Yeah, I think Francisco Rivera should win unless maybe Caceres can do some type of crazy takedown or something and, and capitalizes on the scramble with the submission. But I think that Rivera is going to probably TKO Caceres. And three losses, I like Caceres, but that's that's going to be tough. You know, it's funny. Uh, we're talking about Caceres and his, uh, you know, his wild karate style. There was a there was a fight in Glory that was um, Glory kickboxing that was a uh, Nikki Holskin versus a guy named Raymond Daniels, and it's kind of epitomizes what you just said. Like Raymond Daniels is like this, you know, karate based uh, kickboxer. He throws like tons of spinning techniques. You know, a lot of like you know axe kicks and these kind of like. You know, fancy kicks, like really, really good, but flashy, you know. Nikki Holskin is just like a meat and potatoes, like Dutch Muay Thai, uh, Ramon Decker's style, just like technician. And he pretty much like disassembled Daniels in their last fight. Like he just like walked him down, leg kicked him, really good handwork, you know, and just like destroyed the guy, you know, and he couldn't, he just kept that distance. Like he was on the inside the whole time, so. So he couldn't get off any of those, like, you know, sidekicks or, like, spinning, turning sidekicks and, you know, axe kicks or any of that stuff. So, yeah, a lot of the flashy karate techniques, it's, um, you have to, you have to use them uh, sort of uh, conservatively, you know what I mean? You can't be too liberal with those, like, you know, jumping, turning sidekicks and all this crazy shit, which Caceres is, like, you know, one of those guys who throws all that stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, he has a relentless pace, too. Which, if it goes deeper, I mean, I could see that working against Rivera. But Rivera, he's, he punches hard, too. So, harder than Caceres, I would say, based on track records. I kind of would like to see Bruce Leroy, Leroy win. Because, I, I, you know, I'm a fan of his. I think he's cool. But, uh, honestly, I don't, I don't think he's going to pull it off. Yeah, it sucks in that way. I like both of these guys, definitely. And I feel like they're both really talented bantamweight fighters. And that they can give, they can beat everyone in the lower part of the division. Um, but, you know, sometimes you got to fight for the stake. And uh, here they are. Uh, the next fight is... Interesting to call. Um, Joe Soto, he uh, was on a six-fight streak with a win over Chad George. Um, again, another parallel in talking about this guy beat that guy. This guy's fighting later on the card. Chad George, um, wasn't he in that that fight documentary with Dustin Poirier? Yeah. Was, or am I thinking of a different documentary? Oh, uh, you mean Fightville? 
Yeah, was he in that? I think so, yeah. Fat George? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he was in that. Yeah, I want to say he was in that too. Uh, so that's just interesting because Poirier's fighting later. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Soto, man, he fought Dillashaw. Yeah, it went. Like, no notice. and Did pretty well against him. Did pretty well. I think he maybe got TKO'd late or something like that. Yeah. But shoot, man, he did really well. I, I mean, think his level of competition is definitely higher than Anthony Burchak. Um, however, the last loss that Burchak had was like uh, a heel hook to Ian Entwistle. And Entwistle is a submission guy who is like one of those guys who is a master at one thing. Um, and the heel hook happens to be that. So it's like, all right, you got caught by a guy who's really good at heel hooks. You know, that's, uh, again, no shame in that, I think. I do think that Soto is just more tried and true. But sometimes these guys come out of nowhere in surprise. I'm going to pick Soto. Yeah, I think uh, Soto made it into the championship rounds against uh, Dillashaw. You know, and, and he didn't have a full camp. You know, he just... Uh, very very what like actually Burrell the night of is like when he wasn't it like the during after the day before when after weigh-ins or something like that he passed it was, some, it was, you're it was right. like the very last minute fell in the bathtub or something yeah. yeah yeah he was cutting weight and then he fell and then he couldn't do the fight and then they got Joe, Joe Soto waltzed in and took his place crazy that was crazy yeah, so, man, dude, I mean, this so, guy's in shape, yeah. he's athletic, he's a competitive fighter, I mean, shit, that's crazy to fight the champ on one day's notice. They had trained together, so there was some history there. <laughs> but, uh, that's, yeah, you know, I just gotta pick Toto on the strength of his record. Yeah, and also, it's pretty badass, man, honestly, just to step in like that and, and go get, you know, toe-to-toe with the champ and, you know, make it as far as he did. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, he didn't game plan like he didn't. They didn't have any of the strategic uh, elements of a fight camp. You know, and also T.J. Dillashaw too didn't wasn't training for a guy like him. You know, I mean, I don't know. That was interesting. I thought, and you know, he didn't dispatch him like uh, you would think. So Soto, I'm picking Soto on the strength of that performance. I want to say Soto was uh, maybe the first bantamweight or featherweight champion in. Uh, Bellator? Maybe the, fir- the first Bantamweight? That I don't remember. Know. I should have looked that up. Uh, flashback fight. Uh, a gentleman plagued by injuries. And uh, in, a, in a tough fight, but uh, Diego Tavares. Yeah. Featherweight fight versus Brian Ortega. Um, Ortega had a rear naked choke win. But it was overturned. I don't, I don't know why that was. And uh, Tavares is on a two-win streak, and um, both those wins I think are at, at featherweight. So it's a new division for him. You know, crafty uh, jujitsu guy with you know sort of some one-two striking in there. Not not anything really creative or uh, particularly high level yeah but against an 8-0 guy I, you know it's 
they're definitely giving Ortega a chance to get a name on his record. Definitely. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Tavares on this one, though. I just think that he's yeah. like, I think that he's gonna submit him, or you know, he's gonna. This this is gonna be a ground war, and I think that it's it's gonna be like a submission in this one. Yeah, it might be a great division for Tavares, the featherweight division. Yeah, because he was a lightweight, right? Because he fought uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Right, that was his last loss. Yeah, how do you like that? See how he mastered that name there? Dude, you hit it. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why I have trouble right. saying that name, man. It, it just it just doesn't really. I'm usually good with pronunciation. Yeah, you gotta like think about it when I say it. I can't just like, hey, is that your Vader mug? Yeah, you like that shit? Yeah, that shit's awesome. See that? For the for, people that can't see this, Mike has a Darth Vader mug, and it's awesome. Yeah, I'm getting stoked for the the new Star Wars later this year. Are you are you, do you what are you, what are your feelings on that? I could like flip over this table that my so- my phone's sitting on right now and like mosh around the house. I'm so excited. Because it looks like I, you know, I honestly didn't like the other the, the last rash of uh, George Hell Lucas. Yeah, man, those sucked. The only one that was good was the last one where he turns where or he turns into Darth Vader. That's it. And that, I mean, most of it sucked, but I watched that one because I liked how he just turned and he put his fucking helmet on and then. Started cruising around the universe in the Death Star. It was cool. I like how he, uh, he killed all the children. That was yeah. funny. It was brutal. <laughs> there was like that was the only one that had any darkness in it. You know. Totally. Everything else was all like happy light world. Yeah. It, was, it sucked. It was like Disney. But these new horrible. these new uh, ones are promising, man. It's like J.J. Abrams is at the helm. You know. Yeah, I think it, he's only doing one, but. It looks awesome. It looks so awesome. I like. I, I, I watch it and I just uh, like uh, intergalactic tears in my eye. It looks awesome. Yeah, it's like the same spirit. You know what I mean? And and I and you know, I'm just I'm excited about it. And uh, the new the new Marvel comics too are actually pretty good. There's like there's new Star Wars Marvel comics out there. Oh, they're Marvel. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Marvel is owned. It's also owned by Disney. Ah. You know. And I gotta say, like. I think uh, Marvel, well, actually, they had a big, you know, fucking, you know, fumble this last, like, 14 months. They've kind of sucked. But now they're going back to, uh, you know, they're they're dominating again. But, uh, but, uh, was there some changes in the comics? There's, like, massive changes in the Marvel universe. And, um, really, really unsatisfactory things, in my opinion, happened. But now they're rebooting the whole universe, and they're, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep. They do that into shit it. too much, man. It's crazy. We're gonna reboot the universe. Well, what happened is like everyone hated what they were doing so much that they had to do something. But right. the, it was actually kind. Of, it's kind of crafty how they rebooted the universe, though, in this one, because there's like the Ultimate Universe and there's a regular Marvel Universe, and it's this kind of like multiverse thing going on, and they both worlds collide. I don't know. It's it's cool for me. I think it's cool. That's like uh, what was that DC storyline back in the day where there was. Multiple universes. Oh, uh, Crisis of Infinite Earths. <laughs> that shit ruled. Yeah. With the monitor. Totally, man. Yeah, it's similar to that. You know, there's only a few ideas out there. They just keep redoing. <laughs> it's been long enough. Thirty years, man. Bring it back. Do it. Yeah. All right. So back to this uh, fight talk we got going on here. Wait, real quick. Yeah. Did you see Mad Max? 
You know what, man? I haven't. I haven't had a chance to do anything really in the last like month or so. I've been mad busy. Just you know, I, it's I need to see that in the movie theater, man. And I think maybe this weekend I might go check it out. I think that's. I think I need to see it this weekend. Dude, if you can find that in IMAX in the city, which I hope you can. Yeah. It's dude, worth it, huh? Two word review. Holy shit. Yeah. Everyone I know that's seen it loved it. You know. Yeah. Only one person I know. Uh, this kid Cam. Yeah. I, I don't know. We got to put him on an island or something for like two weeks with like no food, no water, and then fly him back to America and be like, "Do you like it now?" <laughs> See, one of those guys doesn't like anything, or he just he just didn't like this one. I don't one. think he likes anything. I don't know, man. He didn't like Event Horizon either. Oh, dude, Event Horizon is my—that's the greatest sci-fi horror Fucking movie awesome. ever, dude. Ever. Yeah. That and Alien. You can't fuck with either one it's of like, those. What movies. does it take to please this kid? Who the hell doesn't like Event Horizon? That scared the shit out of me when the first time I saw it. Dude, I, when when uh, Christy watched it, she was like, "Is it gonna be like this the whole time?" <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, man, they go to hell. You know, it's fucking in- incredible, man. It's a great movie, great cast. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Yep. It's awesome. So yeah, I'm gonna, this weekend I'm going to make a point out of checking it out. So good, man. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, I, I don't think I... Everyone said me, I said I would love it, so... And if you are, we'll send you to the island. The island. <laughs> uh, dude, here it is. Here's the fight. Yeah, Here's man. The one we've been waiting for, man. Holy crap. Is this... Uh, real quick. Yeah. Is the Tavares Ortega fight the headliner of the prelims or the opening for the main card? Uh, it might be the opening. Yeah, actually, hold on a second here. Actually, you, you know, we're, uh, let's see. The Rivera Kakaris fight is the opening of the main card. No shit. Yep. Wow, that's a big main card. Yeah, Tavares. Yeah, there's one, two, three, four. So there's Jordan five fights. Lewis is the headliner of the prelims. Interesting. That's correct. The two big, big dudes. Or the headliner of the man, that, what a, this is a great main card, right yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, we got, yeah, we got, yeah, totally. Dude, Poirier, end of story. That's it. Yeah, he looks great at middle at uh, yeah, middleweight, right? Um, <laughs> he looks great at lightweight, man, and that was the weight class he started out at, I think, if I'm correct. I believe he started out at lightweight. Yes. And yeah. uh, and you know, and, and he had some success at featherweight, but I think that he the weight cut, like even in his last fight when he fought Conor McGregor, his last fight as a featherweight. Right. He was he just looked he didn't look healthy, man. He just looked fucking drawn and used up and dry and I don't know. So yeah, I'm happy to see him back at uh, at lightweight. He was he was murderous in his last fight at lightweight. Yeah. You can tell, he man. He still got his power, man. Yeah. You know, that's the thing, man. It's like he, you know, he's he's healthy. He probably, he's not stressed out. You know, the, those last, like, three or four weeks of camp were, like, probably better because he was eating, you know. And that's, that's, a, that's a brutal cut, man. You know, I don't know. He probably walks around. Uh, that dude probably walks around at, like, 160 pounds, 165 or something like that. Probably 165, Yeah, 165, 170. Jesus. Brutal. Yeah, man, I think that uh, Madero's... I don't think that Poirier has the speed of Eve Edwards, who was doing great until, I mean, he was just, he was, his career was done at that point, unfortunately, but he was doing great against Medeiros until Medeiros kind of won, so that was it. Yeah. 
if Medeiros hits Poirier once, I don't think anything is really going to happen. Yeah. Um, however, I think that Poirier is going to hit Medeiros a lot. Yeah. I love the way they're bringing Poirier up in the in the division, though. I mean, not only are they bringing up slow, he should love it because they're giving him not easy paychecks, but they're giving him chances to get KO, fight of the night, whatever, man. Yep. Like, it's it's nice. They're not just like, all right, Poirier, welcome to lightweight, fight Jim Miller, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're not giving him, you know, cans. You know, the what they do with Conor McGregor, you know. <laughs> right. You know, Conor, Conor, I mean, dude, you know, I know everyone loves that guy with his, like, stupid haircut and his beard, you know, and his fucking suit. Like, he's just, he looks like he's never worn a suit before in his life. You know what I mean? Like, one of these guys who probably was barefoot before he got in the UFC. <laughs> you know, he never wore a pair of shoes or a suit before in his life, and now he's, like... You know, styling, you know, macking with his suit. But yeah, that guy was given people that were easy to beat, man. You know, for him and, and, and for it's his style, for yeah, his style. He, he was like matched against guys stylistically who he can win against. And that sucks. You know, anyway. the only, only reputable person. Well, I think that Seaver's a good fighter, but Seaver's slow. He's way shorter. His reach is nowhere near enough to deal with him. The only good fighter that. Uh, McGregor fought is Holloway yeah. and that whole fight he took him down and Holloway's looked awesome lately yeah. uh, I'd like to see a rematch a I'd like to see a rematch with Holloway at his current in the tear that he's on right now you know he might get to it I'm, uh, I think Holloway should fight Oliveira next Yeah. and um, you know then he's closer to a title fight although I think Oliveira would be a step down because Holloway just beat who the hell did Holloway just beat? He beats uh, Cub Swanson, yeah. yeah. He pretty much dominated Cub Swanson. Holy shit, man. Yeah, Never thought that would happen. I love Holloway. He's yeah. awesome. He's like my great Hawaiian hope. Swanson had two back-to-back brutal fights, man. Like Frankie and then and then uh, Dalloway. Holloway. Holloway. Yeah. Holloway. <laughs> I know, and I love Swanson, too, but I was like, God, man, what a bummer. I was rooting. It's like I. Was, that's one of those fights where I was rooting for both dudes. Like I just, yeah. I liked both of those guys a lot, and and it bummed me out that someone had to lose. I always confuse Swanson with uh, this other guy. I'm not gonna his name, but anyways, I love Swanson and his SoCal tattoo. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you gotta love that. So yeah, man, Poirier. Yeah, it's gonna be a great fight. I'm I'm down with that. Do the next fight. Oh man, that fight's gonna be crazy. Oh yeah, man. The most durable Ben Ben Rothwell, man. I mean, when you think about durable at heavyweight, I'm like Rothwell, uh, Nelson. You know, probably. Then you, you know, we were talking about Piers. Then you talk, you know, JDS is super durable. uh, Travis Brown. You know. Travis Brown, except for against, I mean, when I think it's, Travis Brown took that beating from Alistair Overeem, like those knees, brutal knees to the body, for an entire round, and then came back and won. But did you see that Arlovsky fight? Yeah, I know. Arlovsky, yeah, Arlovsky knocked him out, like, standing. But Yeah, it's, he should not, he needs to leave uh, Glendale. But, Him leaving Jackson's was a horrible well, idea. Well, that was what I was going to get to, is that, when he got took that beating from Overeem and won, he was at Greg Jackson's, and then 
he tried to like box with uh, with a guy who's a way better boxer than him and got knocked out. You know, so there, there's, there you go. <laughs> totally. But Rothwell, he's tough, man. He's yeah. tough. He's durable. He's awesome. Uh, I want to. I thought so. He's on a two win streak. He beat Overeem. He beat Vera, where he did like that crazy techno dance. Yep. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, I thought that was overturned. I thought he tested positive for something, and and they overturned it, but they didn't. Huh. Interesting. I, I, I could have sworn that he did. Anyways, I like Rothwell. Mitrione, dude, the guy's 9-3 and three with 8 TKOs, yeah. one decision. Yeah. Holy shit. So it's like, he's fast. You got this fast power puncher who, again, ex-pro football player. Yep. Against a super durable workman. You know, I mean, Rothwell's not fast. He's durable, and he works hard for everything he does. Um... This is a huge test for Mitrione. Yes. This is like the biggest test he's ever had. I, you know, he, his losses are to um, Schaub and uh, Czech Congo. And I can't remember Mark what the H- other one Mark is. Hunt. Mark Hunt beat him and Gabriel Gonzalez. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I thought you were talking about. Sorry. I thought you were talking about Rothwell. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. I don't even remember Rothwell fighting Hunt either. Let's see. I, I remember Mitrione being beat, beaten by Brendan Schaub. Yeah. And I can't remember I who else I just lost that, actually. I was oh, watching yeah. that card. Uh, I think that was either the GSP card versus Hendricks or the uh, Jones-Gustafson uh, card because I wanted to watch those to see if I still... what I thought about the decisions. And um, I was a little more confused in the Jones fight because while Gustafson did light him up a lot in the first two rounds, the third round was sort of tough and then Jones definitely won the fourth and fifth round. Right. Um, and then the same thing with the the GSP fight. The first round, GSP probably won it and then two and three, uh, Hendricks definitely won but then he lost four and five. But it was a tough fight. I mean, you know, hey, if it was scored by pride rules, then Gustafson would be the champ, and yeah. uh, Hendricks would have been the champ then. But that's the guy got the beat up the most. <laughs> well, they yeah, would have exactly. had, like, one, the first round would have been, like, nine nine minutes long, and, you know. <laughs> Brutal. Can you, can you imagine that, dude? You guys do a, a nine-minute... Ten-minute round, dude. That's crazy. ten-minute round and a five-minute round. Holy crap. Ten minutes. Oh, my God. That's insane. I forgot. Yeah. It's fucking. So who do you think is going to win this fight? All right, I'm gonna. My gut's telling me that Mitrione's going to pull this one out. I feel like he's motivated now, you know, and I feel like he's kind of like at this point of his career where he's like, it's either now or never, you know. And I feel like my gut's telling me that Mitrione's going to pull this one out. You know, um, Rothwell's 43 fights into his career. I mean, you just you got to drop off at some point. The sport isn't kind to people, you know. Yeah. It's amazing that Ebersol has his sixty-seven fights. Um, Rothwell, against the caliber of competition that he is competing against, if he hits a takedown, he's going to be able to mess Mitrione up. That's for sure. Yeah. If he can't, and Mitrione can use his footwork and his hand speed, then Rothwell is going to be in for a shitty night. I'm I, I, 
it's tough because Mitrione's at uh, he's at Black Zillions now. Yep. I don't want to pick against Rothwell. I do like Meathead. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pick Mitrione to turn the corner. Yeah. I think it'd be good for him to win. I'd like to see Mitrione succeed, too, you know? I didn't like him in Ultimate Fighter at all, but uh, I don't no know. No one did. Yeah, yeah, no one liked him, yeah. I think that was kind of the he's point, really. He was an idiot, you know? He was just gaming it, like, I don't know anything, and I'm dumb. Yeah. But, um, are all of his fights in the UFC? Yeah, he's he's only fought in the UFC. He's never Jesus. been... He was a pro football player, and then was on the Ultimate Fighter, and then is in the UFC that's it he's never fought anywhere else so that, that's crazy I love that shit I think that's amazing yeah uh, watch the first season of Ultimate Fighter right now you know Koscheck. that guy had an amazing career in the UFC he did and he didn't have any fights before it right no he was a wrestler before that amazing yeah you know, I mean when you get I wish that there was a season of the Ultimate Fighter where they had guys who just had really awesome uh, abilities and some other form of martial art or competition athleticism and they brought them in these like raw guys and then they had them as a season you know guys who've never had a professional fight maybe they've had amateur fights guys yeah. like Koscheck, guys like Mitrione guys like guys that. who are just like super athletic but they're just clay and you get these coaches in there and they get to you get to see them grow and see how they work you know that'd be so awesome the dude's like a Tai Chi, like, master or something. <laughs> he comes in. He's like some, like, Aikido, like, specialist or whatever. That'd be awesome. Why yeah. Not? I mean, it would suck when they fight against the wrestler, but, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, Mitrion, let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually probably more excited about that fight than the actual headline fight on this one. You know, it's the main depressing. event. It's Yeah, I'm sad. It makes me sad to think about this fight, you know. Uh, that yeah. would be the the great legendary Dan Henderson, thirty and thirteen, versus Tim Bosch, eighteen and eight, at the middleweight division. Yep. You know, you know. I mean, you know, Henderson, legend. You know, warrior, pride, strike force. You know, the UFC. He was a, uh, you know, a leg- he's a Hall of Famer, you know, but Definitely. his last... When he was on that four-fight win streak. Yeah. God, you know, amazing. He's, he's defeated, like, you know, some pretty top-level guys, man, you know. But, and, and, Fedor. Yeah. TKO Fedor. It yeah. was insane. Absolutely. It was fucking crazy. You know. And then he, then he uh, it just all it caught up with him, man. The dude's, like, what, like 44 years old. Totally. Um... You know, then he's at at two oh five. He started losing. You know, DC beat him, and then he's just been on this downward spiral in his career, man. You know, one win in his last six fights. Yeah, he had two crap fights, uh, split decisions against uh, uh, Machida and, and Rashad Evans. Right. Really, they were clear cut wins for those guys. Yeah. But because they fought crappy and. Dan didn't really get to do anything. Um, those were just like throw him out, forget him fights. But then he got three complete drubbings at the hands of uh, TRT Vitor with yeah. the head kick uppercut. Yep. Then DC ragdolled him yeah. like a child, which was sad to see. And then uh, 
God. Uh, Gegard Musasi. Musasi. Yep. Yep. Choke up. TKO'd him, I think. But yeah, it was I don't a TKO. Know how I felt about that fight, Sweden. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't like to think about that because, uh, you know, Dan Henderson's like one of my favorites, and uh, I, I wish I, I mean, you know, who am I to say anything about anybody? But it's just like, I kind of wish he would, you know, fade away and leave us with the great memories of his amazing victories in his life and all the, all the great things he's accomplished in the MMA you know and, and rather than like grind it out like this and, and you know but then again I guess there is something cool about going out on your shield too you know but but I don't want to romanticize that either because like I guess that means like massive head trauma and like broken limbs and destroyed you know joints and everything so there's no real glamour in that this guy's been in absolute wars man his whole life I mean, he was like really the first like middleweight champion of the UFC. Um, he was awesome, and he, and he was awesome for so long. You know, there Tim Bosch is definitely a beatable fighter for him. Yeah, but Tim Bosch is also st- strong. Yeah, he's definitely. Strong. Yeah, he's crafty. And he doesn't have any quit in him either. So he is the type of fighter that Henderson does well against. You know, if you look at Shogun Hua, um, I don't know how much more Henderson can take, man. No, nah, man. Nor do I, do I want to see that. No. Nope. I like Bosch too, man. I don't want, I don't actually want him to lose the guy. No. He, he's a great comeback fighter who had a, who has a great story in the UFC and he's, he's exciting to watch. I mean, that, time he took David Heath and just threw him onto his head to knock him out it's yeah. like that's gonna be in my mind forever that is just amazing Costa Villapu man I poked the shit out of Tim Bosch and then got him in a TKO it's yeah. like that sucked man Tim Bosch could have totally beat that guy but he just I poked the shit out of him that was horrible so he's he's actually alternating losses right now um Ah, God, man, it's it's a good matchup to see if Den- Henderson has anything left in him, and it's it's good for Bosch to give him a huge win on his record. Um, I don't know if Bosch can get caught with the the Henderson punch. I'm gonna go with Henderson. Um, I have to go with Henderson. I have to. Yeah, I have to go with him. The thing that's disappointing to me about Bosch too is he used to fight with Matt Hume out in Washington. Yeah. And I think that that was great for him. But the guy lives in Maine. He lives in Bangor, Maine. So that's where his family is. We're talking about, you know, totally opposite ends of the country. Oh, yeah. Um, Seattle and Bangor, Maine. <laughs> yeah, like totally different. And uh, so he moved back to Maine. And it's like, man, you're just there's no way you're getting the level of training and coaching that Matt Hume, you know, the coach of the flyweight champion, Demetrius Johnson, a man nicknamed the Wizard, you know. He Matt Hume is awesome, and I wish Bosch was still there. Yeah, and that's one thing that I think that's going to suck for his career. You know, he, he's he wants to be with his family. I understand that, but he should just move to freaking Washington. You know, if he wants to get that high level without that type of training, 
I see him sort of spinning his wheels. Uh, Henderson, always top level. You yeah. know, it's just his age and his recent losses that we have to look at. Yeah, I mean, it's there are very few guys who can make it that far into their you know they're in their forties and still compete at a high level. You know, Randy, Randy Couture was a you know mutant. You know what I mean? So, you know, he, perfect example, Randy Couture. Yeah, but no one else besides that man. Like, who else has been at that level? Like, Randy was like, like forty nine when he retired. You know, it's crazy. He's so old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like for for MMA. For MMA, it's like a hundred years. You know. Totally, man. You're like, are you Yoda? Yeah. So I What's mean, interesting too uh, is there are three fighters on this card that we could be seeing. I mean, we we've seen Dan Henderson's fall; it's happening. Uh, you know, forty three fights, Rothwell, forty three fights, Ebersol, sixty seven fights. You know, uh, that's crazy when you look at the <laughs> all the other guys' records. You know, are. Double-digit wins with single-digit losses, and then you have these like mammoth competitors from a very bygone era still fighting. Yeah. So, um, you want to talk about this drug thing, man? This like, you know, PED. Dude, it's insane. I wrote exclamation points next to everything. I could not believe what I was reading. It's amazing. It's yeah. really, really cool. It's pretty aggressive. Oh boy. Someone broke down the math uh, over at Bloody Elbow. They said that it's five and a half tests per year per fighter. That's a lot. Where are they getting the money for all this is what I want to know. You know, that's like um, expensive-ass shit, man. It's true. I don't, I'm not sure. There must be something. I don't know. Maybe it's all that Reebok money they're not giving to the fighters. Yeah, man, that's, that's a whole other fucking thing too man it's uh that's yeah yeah that actually might change a lot of things just in the overall landscape of MMA you know as far as like money goes because now Bellator is um they're they're on uh, Viacom like they're on uh the Spike Network and all those you know they don't they don't have a massive deal at Reebok so all those fighters are still allowed to have their um you know all their sponsors and walkout gear and all that stuff you know, and a lot of alumni from the UFC are finding their way in Bellator, you know? Like, uh, Phil, Mr. Wonderful Davis, is um, now in Bellator, you know? Yep. You know, Tito. Even though Tito is, like, you know, probably... He's still a draw, though, you know what I mean? People still want to see Tito fight. I want to say there was a middleweight, too. Hmm. Uh, oh, there's... Uh... There was uh, Kendall Grove. Yep. I mean, he just he got defeated. Yep. But yeah, there's a bunch of guys you know, over there, you know. And um, but yeah, yeah I mean, I think option, you know? yeah, I it's, mean, people can make some real money over there. Yeah, you know, and there's no pay per views too, so fans can tune in just on a Friday night and watch it just on Spike TV. You know, I told you I, ha- I actually have a cable subscription now. Did I tell you about that? Yeah, this is the first. It's the first time in my adult life that I've had cable TV on my own in my in a house that I've lived in and or an apartment rather, and I've been taking full advantage of it. I haven't been watching a lot of live events, but I've been DVRing it. Isn't that crazy? I learned how to DVR the shit out of that. I learned how to DV how to use a DVR. (laughs) You know, I never did it before, dude. I was like, it's part of the system. 
and uh, I never used it. And then I'm like, you know what, man? There's like all these fights. There's like a World Series of Fighting. There's like uh, you know all these UFC events and stuff that I I had to. What happened was last Saturday, uh, Fade had uh, had a uh, a show, and um, I wanted to go. And it was on a Saturday night. So Static Bloom. Yeah, it was a Static Bloom show. Yeah, at the Acheron and in, in, you know, out in Bushwick, and uh, so I DVR'd the, the fight. And um, simple. I thought I was gonna have to like, yeah, dude. I I don't know, man. You know, you know, I don't fucking know these things, man. But I just but that's the way to watch the a lot of these fights, man. You don't have to worry about all the all the commercials. Just yeah, boom, just fast them. forward, fast forward through them, man. And uh, it's been great. So so for now on, um, I have it set up to to DVR everything, even if I'm gonna watch it live. If there's an off chance that I'm not going to see it, I'm going to DVR it. So, dude, when I had cable and I had a DVR, I would save stuff. I'd like watch it the next day, even after I've already, I I watch it live. Then I watch it in the morning. Yeah. Then I watch it in the middle of the week. You know, like watch cool. the fights I, I want to watch. You know, it was great. You know, I used to have a, a library of things and, and just watch them. So. Yeah. No, I'm I'm down. I'm down. Totally. It's cool. <laughs> I I, uh, I battled. You know whether or not I was going to get actually, you know, pay for the cable, but uh, there's so much MMA and martial arts and boxing on on regular TV now that it's like I had to. You know, there's premier boxing, which is another spike thing that's. Oh going yeah, on. another thing. Yeah. You know that's pretty cool. You know, I watched I DVR the last one. <laughs> it was great. You know, there's Glory, which is like my fucking jam, dude. I love Glory kickboxing. Uh, and then all the all the Fox stuff with UFC, the World Series of Fighting, you know, all this stuff, and uh, you know, of course, Bellator, you know, and it's exciting. If you're if you're a combat sports fan, it's an exciting time for television. Is uh, Lion Fights on cable? No. Well, all right. Lion Fights is on uh, H. It used to be HD Net or Access TV. Okay, so if you have Access TV, you can watch Lion Fights. However, I don't have it. I don't have. We don't have this package. I have does not include Access TV, and uh, but I've been watching line fights. They go up on YouTube the day after the fight, and um, so that that is the, that is the real deal. That's like if you want to find like watch totally authentic uh, Muay Thai kickboxing fights, you got to watch line fights because it's like tie rules. Like they don't break up the clinch. You know, elbows, knees. Sweeps, you know all that stuff. It's um, you know in Glory, it's more like K one where you can only clinch for a certain amount of time and they break you up. And you, if you clinch, you have to throw a knee, you know. And it's kind of cool, but like uh, so much of Muay Thai is uh, is like that grappling component in the clinch, you know. And, and you don't get to see any of that stuff in Glory. But line fights, it's like war of elbows, dude. Just dudes like rocking each other with these elbows. That stuff is tough, man. Yeah. Line fights is hardcore. But, you know, I, I watch it on YouTube. You know, maybe someday I'll be able to have H, uh, whatever, access TV, but right now it's not in the cards. Man, some of these penalties in this uh, PED thing, yeah. or just all of them, yeah. are amazing. Dude, um, career ending. With uh, steroids, HGH, blood doping, that, that level of... of use um two years with a possible four years depending on 
uh, your back history, like yep. someone like Vitor. Yeah, who's had problems uh, in the past, yep. Just for the first offense. After that, double. your career is over, man. Yeah. Like, four years, and then third offense, eight years. It's yeah. like... <laughs> it's like a life sentence. You'd be an idiot to keep using. You really would. Yeah. Also, the... Uh, the the marijuana and cocaine part of it too is 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 strange to me. If you're in competition, you know, it's the same same shit. It's like doubling in your second and third offense. But I mean, I don't know anything about cocaine, but apparently cocaine goes in and out of your system, you know, and weed is like what like, you know, like ninety days or some shit like that, you know. So it's like I think you can get it out way quicker than that. Really? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. There's like a lot of like different things like golden seal and, and different ways to make sure that you can get it out of your system really quick. That stuff works, really? Golden seal? I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I never, uh, thankfully, have had, have had a drug test. Yeah, I've had a drug test, but I've never, I don't really smoke weed, so it's never been a problem. But, yeah. um, yeah, man, the weed thing is just like, come on get off it you know I mean when we're talking about states decriminalizing weed yeah. people are still like oh man it's, it's not a performance enhancing drug cocaine certainly is I mean you're jacking a dude up he's gonna be more aggressive you know what? Like, who knows how else it's gonna affect them um, the thing about that is it's six hours pre-weigh-ins and six hours post-fight right. is what in, the in-competition testing is for that um and it is one year, two year, four years, so it's half of what PEDs are. Um, but I still think one year is too long, man. I mean, yeah, man. we're never going to be able to see Nick Diaz fight. No, man, never. You know, never. He's already on his like twelfth offense, man. He's yeah, like man. He much. probably will always test positive too. Anyway, I mean, that dude yeah. smokes so much weed that it's like he's just always going to be blowing positive. You know what I mean? He's going to be pissing hot That's all the time. Fair. I wouldn't even be surprised if he started smoking between rounds. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, but um, shit, this is this is like post John Jones, amongst many other things, because they said if you test positive for any of these, there's a possible loss of belt. Yep. Your purse. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the fight becomes a DQ. Yeah, it's it's pretty stiff, man. Yeah. DQ, I think, is a win for the opponent. Yeah, it is. It turns out they, yep, that's right. It's crazy. That is stiff, man. It's not a no contest where it's just like you get a no, you know, you, 10 wins, one loss, one no contest. It's yeah. like 10 wins, two losses. Yep. That's, that's rough. Definitely. And then um, the fighters are on call. They have to say when they're leaving the state, holy shit, man. That's some strict ass shit, man. That's strict. I've been on like call tracking when I was a teenager it sucks I'm sure this is different obviously but three strikes equals one fail so you don't call them three times in a year you get banned for two years holy shit man that is strict that is and then this part is the best someone on Bloody Elbow made the joke it's already on GSP speed dial whistleblower line oh yeah I was thinking about that too man it's like holy shit man (laughs) <laughs> July 1st This goes into effect July 1st Yeah It's a few weeks away yeah, What if they drug test everyone July 1st You know Can you get 
PEDs out of your system in 26 days? Probably not, oh, man. Shit. Like like stuff like TRT. I believe that takes a long time to equalize, you know. Like as far as like your levels of t- of uh, testosterone. Did you catch that thing with uh with uh Weidman in the weigh-ins where he's like fucking flexed on Vitor because apparently Vitor when when Vitor tested he was still like super high on his testosterone levels right that's crazy man that was interesting because like um I forgot who maybe it was Patrick Wyman again over at Bloody Elbow my favorite MMA website I think it's the best um they don't have uh Jack Slack but you know they have a lot of great writers um and they broke down I think it was Wyman broke down uh both Weidman and Vitor's test results yeah um I guess he has some background in whatever chemical biology or whatever the hell it's considered yeah and it was interesting he also said hey you know Weidman's results were interesting for these reasons too like you know he said some things about Vitor but here's why if we look at his sample, it also has a couple of interesting things in it. He wasn't pointing any fingers. He wasn't saying that Wyman uses any drugs. He was just saying, if we're going to look at Vitor's, let's also look at Weidman's. True. And here are the questions that, from my background, it would make me think about. And it was interesting. It's an interesting read. If we, uh, yeah, I'll check it out. A while ago, so we would have to probably search, you know, pretty long sentence. Um, but yeah, man, that was a hell of a fight. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Before blitzed him, and then Weidman just annihilated him on the ground. Yeah. yeah he's a badass. He looks a full weight class bigger, too. He's huge. Weidman. That's yeah. why I'm really... I'm kind of disappointed that he's fighting Jacare. And I... Like, wait, I really, whoa, 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 wait, 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 what? I heard that, he's, that his next fight is Jacare. Where did that get announced? I, where the hell did I read that, man? I read it somewhere. I really want to see Weidman fight Luke Rockhold. Hell yeah. Because that's like two gigantic guys at 185, and they have, they're like a problem for each other. You know what I'm trying to say? Rockhold's got that reach. He's an awesome striker, you know? He's like really good jiu-jitsu. Creative. Very, very sneaky jiu-jitsu. And Weidman's a killer wrestler, ground and pound specialist, you know what I mean? So it's like oh, an interesting, God. interesting matchup between those two guys, you know. Definitely, man. That fight is going to be awesome. I yeah. can't wait for it. Yeah, check me about that Jacare thing. You know what I mean? But I, I'm pretty sure Jacare is his next fight, which is kind of a I bummer. I haven't been on, on the MMA world at all today, so yeah, yeah. Check you know, check it out. I, read the- I might I might have heard it on MMA Hour or something like that, like Ariel Helwani's um, podcast, possibly. But I don't know. I, I have now now there's a doubt in my mind. But let's let's uh, we'll have to we'll have to fact check that one. Yeah, I mean, dude, Rockhold just said that he wants to fight for the light heavyweight belt. He phrased it in a way where it was like in the future. But his teammate DC has the belt right now, so it's like, wait, what? It, can, it, it just sounded really douchey. I'm like, man. Like, what is wrong with you? What are you thinking? And you don't have the belt yet. Yeah. 
Yes. Oh, I want to get the light heavyweight belt after you get the middleweight belt. Dude, that is like a curse to be like, yeah, I'm going to get both the belts, and you don't even have a belt yet. Yeah. Sometimes these guys, like, don't think everything through when they say this shit, you know what I mean? No kidding. Yeah. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos today said he wants super fights at welterweight. You just won the lightweight belt, man. Yeah. Like, calm down. Yeah, let's Fight some people in your division. Defend the belt. You yeah. Know, don't you want to be, like, a amazing champion like Anderson Silva who defended the belt, like, a record number of times? Yeah. He's got it. He's people got are getting crazy. They, it's <laughs> like they have McGregor fever. He's got to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, pump the brakes. Yeah. I would love for McGregor to go up to lightweight because there's a lot of guys that just take that dude apart at lightweight. I think there are dudes at featherweight they're going to take. I want him to fight Chad Mendez. Well, I'll be, I'll be, yeah, all the all the wrestlers, Mendez, Frankie Edgar, Edgar. You know. That'd be an interesting fight, Edgar. Edgar gets hit too much. That's the thing that worries me about him. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just think that guys who are good wrestlers, you know, with that fucking long lead leg that McGregor has, you know, I don't know. It's, but. Uh, Edgar doesn't have KO power. I mean, look how he struggled with like a, a giant fighter like Ben Henderson. Though I think that those were really close decisions. Yeah. Uh, McGregor is really big. He has KO power. If he, you know, sprawls and brawls, Edgar gets hit a lot. But I'm not thinking about KO. I'm thinking about Edgar submitting him on the ground, though, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if he was smart, that would be the game plan, you know? Definitely. Because McGregor, I mean, I know that he's got a brown belt or allegedly in jiu-jitsu in Ireland, you know, and oh, right. I don't know if that the rich Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, tradition in, in Ireland, I don't think that even fucking exists over there, you know. Yeah, rich history. That's amazing. You know, so, <laughs> so I don't know who the hell knows. I mean, it's like, you know, there's some places where everybody's a black belt, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, right. who the fuck, you know. What, what, what credential is that? You know what I mean? That's just it's just totally. questionable to me. But anyway, I don't want to talk about that fucking guy anymore. <laughs> we'll see. What <laughs> we'll see what happens soon enough. I can't wait, man. I can't wait for Aldo to just lay the most brutal, stinking leg kick into that dude's thigh. He's well, also very pale, so we're gonna and he wears short shorts. Yeah. So it's gonna be like this purple mess, man. It's gonna be awesome. Well, it's like I was saying, like when um. You know, that Nikki Holskin fight, you know, it's just like that. I think it's going to be that kind of beating that he's going to lay out on this guy. You know what I mean? If, if it goes that way, hopefully it does. You know what I mean? I think it's just going to be a guy who's just going to chop someone down. Like, if you get a chance, what try to check that out. That, uh, what the hell is it? Nikki Holskin and, uh. It's like N-I-E-K-Y, right? N-I-E-K-Y, yep. Yeah, definitely try to check that out. It's on YouTube it's by right. now because it's like, yeah, it's like uh, Holtzkin versus Daniels. So it was Glory Glory nineteen, Raymond Daniels versus Nikki Holtzkin. All right, I got two notes on here. I got that fight, and then I got Netflix dog fight. Yeah. And I have to listen to that origin thing. Yep. You know, Raymond Daniels is a solid. You know, solid fighter. I mean, he was, I think, in the last glory too. But, um, but yeah, de definitely try to check that out. Got so, it. 
So that's it, man. That's it, dude. Tomorrow, off the subject of MMA, playing a show with our uh, brothers in Piron. Oh, right on, man. They're up in uh, Ithaca? Yeah, they're heading on up to uh, Canada with fellow NYCers, Couch Slut. You know, I, I keep seeing that name around, but I don't know what they're all about. Couch, couch slut they're good worth checking out yep. alright cool by the way I think that we us we're, we're doing there's there's plans for Tombs and Atriarch to be doing a, a tour together and nice I, I believe one of the dates is going to be potentially in Ithaca okay yeah Ron Ron's awesome, like man. trying to put something together like on the way to Canada nice. on the way up to Canada so okay yep. yeah so that might be like what first or second show on the tour killer dude you know, so we'll, we'll we'll be checking you out in the fall. I'll get Twin Lords on that shit, dude. Fuck yeah, man, that'd be awesome. That would totally yeah. be awesome. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure that uh, Bubba's going to be the guy that Ron gets in touch with to do it. So, you know, I'll shake him down tomorrow. Tell him. I mean, <laughs> I, he. Yo, what's about this show, man? It's like shit. He hasn't even <laughs> called him yet. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Let's go. Gotta grab his shirt. <laughs> All right, man, so thanks, uh, everyone, for tuning in. And, uh, you know, this, I think, these podcasts are, are a lot of fun. And, um, you know, if anyone wants to chime in with their uh, dispute on some of the picks that we have, please feel free. And, um, you know, check it out on iTunes. Uh, if you guys are listening to this on iTunes, please leave a review. And uh, positive or negative, just leave a review. It helps, uh, helps the podcast out. And uh, we'll see you guys next week because, like I said, we're in this uh, marathon of UFC fights. So we'll be doing as much as we can. What is the next card? Um, yeah, that's a good fucking question, man. Uh, is it Kane Velasquez? Oh, shit. You know, it's, it, it is. It's Kane. I believe it's Kane versus uh, Fabricio Verdun. Oh, my God. That card's going to be awesome. I'm worried, honestly, about Kane. Yeah, dude, you can't have too many knee surgeries and expect to be 100% or even 80%. Dude, tell me about it, man. You know? And uh, I'm worried, but it's going to be a great fight. Let me see who Hell else. yeah. Let's see who else is on the card. Let's see. Uh, Kane, we got Melendez versus Eddie Alvarez, which is going to be killer. Great Coleman. We have uh, Kevin Gastelum versus Nate Marquardt at 185. Yep. We got and how are these guys? Charles Rosa and Yair Rodriguez, a Mexican guy versus an American. I don't know. Tuf, I bet. Yair Rodriguez is El Pantera. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> I'm in. He better come out to Pantera. Yeah, man, Cowboys from Hell or something. Then we got Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill, my cousin. <laughs> uh, there's all kinds of shit, man. That's a good. It's a good card. Sweet, and it's in Mexico, man. So it's all elevation. Yes, Henry Cejudo versus Chico Camus. Oh, Cejudo. Yep. Efrain Escudero versus Drew Dober. I'm not familiar with these guys. Interesting. That's like a total perfect fight for those two. Alejandro Perez. Diabolito, that's his nickname, versus Patrick Williams. Francisco Trevino versus Johnny Case. Johnny Hollywood Case. Nice. That's good. Yeah. And then... Uh, I don't know who he is, but I love his name. He's got a good name. Oh, yeah. Then there's early prelims. There's the dude, Augusto Montano, the guy with the crazy red mohawk, versus... Cyberman. 
versus Kafal Pendred. Oh, God. Well, I'm going for Gustavo in that, man. Absolutely. Gabriel Benitez versus Clay Collard. Oh, yeah. Uh, as Eugene Robinson calls him, Clay Collard Greens. <laughs> and we got I think it's a great nickname. That is a great nickname, man. Unfortunately, his nickname is Cassius Clay Collard, <laughs> which is stupid because the guy does not have good boxing. No. Hector Collard Ur- Greens is way better. Hector Urbino versus Albert Terminov. Tumanov. Oh, yeah, Tumanov, yeah. But, uh, once again, Cathal Pendred, when he was on the, the Ultimate Fighter, do you remember, like, there, there's so much bullshit that goes on, so much politics, man. Do you remember, like, some, I don't know if you saw that season, but there was, like, some guy was, had to leave the house, and there was, like, this big, uh, or, we have a surprise for everybody, like, some guy, they brought in some extra dude, so... The extra guy, they, they put all his drama around, Cathal Pendry joining the house, you know. He rolls up, he's got this big beard, he's like shirtless, he's like all shredded and everything. Like, he looks like a fucking gladiator. And I'm like, oh, this guy looks like he's going to kick some ass, you know. It's all ripped up and everything. But then, like, he gets fucking dominated. Like, and I'm like, man, this is a little disappointing, you know. So he, he's never, now he's on the early pre, the fight press past prelims, you know. He's like kind of been like, I don't even know if, I think he won a decision on the last fight. He fought on the same card. He did. Yeah. Very, very controversial. Questionable. Fucked up decision. Questionable decision. It was the same. It the same. been like, he should have lost 30-27 and he like won 30-27. Yeah. It was like, oh my God. Yeah, it was the same card that uh, Seaver versus McGregor, I think. Right, because he's Irish. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense to put a, a guy from Ireland on a fight card in Mexico City. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what this guy does. I, I I've seen Augusto Montano fight a few times, and yeah, he I I, I could see him beating Cathal Pendred. Yeah, he was fun in his last fight. I want to say he won. I think he cried after he won. That's he's, cool. He's an Ultimate Fighter alumnus, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. I, I think I watched some of those Mexico episodes. You know, now that I have, uh, you know, cable, so I can watch all this shit. The entire shit. package. Yeah. Now that I have the package. The package. So anyway, man, that's uh, that's an episode. And, um, you know, it was a pleasure as usual. And, uh, Hell yeah, dude. All right, man. So thanks for listening, everyone, and have a good night. Good night, Andrew. Peace. <laughs>
I use Skype a lot, so that's probably what it was. I, I'm like, yeah. I don't know, dude. It's funny. All right. So how's, how's your... <laughs> how's your, uh, how's your co-worker, man? How's your co-worker? Dude, that's brutal. That's like one of those brutal things I've seen in a long time. I did not expect that, man. I was like, holy shit. I texted him, nigga, you got fucked up. What, so he was texting on his bike and then like he fucking he he was texting on his bike and then he, he got hit by a car or he fell or what was that? No, he just he just fell, man. He just I don't know what the hell he was doing. He just fell, man. He was texting me from the hospital bed. That's fucking crazy, man. It's crazy. Hey, do you know um you know that the song that BJ Penn walks out to? Do you know? Do you know? I, I've been trying to find that fucking thing. I want to use that as the intro to the uh, podcast for when we talk about the nice. UFC stuff. That's like a fucking uh, badass song, man. I think you could just probably look it up. Yeah, it's like sudden. It's like uh, I, I found it, but there's I can't find the actual track anywhere. Like I even looked on iTunes to see if I could buy it. For it's like, that Hawaiian dude who's saying "Over the Rainbow," right? No, that's a different guy. That's like Israel something or other. Oh, really? I thought it was that gigantic... No, no, it's a different person. Hawaiian dude. It's like that hip-hop song where it's like, We're taking over! We're taking back! You know that one? You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know that one. Oh, it's like this like fucking hip-hop song where he's like, We're taking over! We're getting back! Ready, attack! You know that one where he walked out to Frankie Edgar with that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's badass. I always think about the, uh, the Hawaiian one and then when he came back... To fight GSP when he was coming back, uh, he came out to uh, "Crazy" by Gnarls Barkley. Okay. And he was wearing a shirt that said "Still the Champ," and I don't remember if he had a belt with him still, but it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Maybe uh, I'll, I'll use Barnett's fucking walkout song, the fucking bolt thrower, thrower song. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. That'd yeah. be cool. All right, I'm just trying to find something consistent because I. Like when we talk about favor, we used uh, you know like the um, that uh, the fucking t- uh, shoot, uh, Tupac song. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that and then the outro was like uh, "Born to Run," like the Springsteen song for Frankie. But um, anyway, I guess let's start this fucking episode, man. All right, welcome back to Everything Went Back podcast. Wait, obviously you can tell it's sparring today. <laughs> 